What is up, everybody? Sean Sheehan back here with another edition of The Sheehan Show. Uh, BetUS.com is offering our listeners an incredible 125% bonus on their deposits for UFC Fight Night Font versus Vera. Use the code SHERDOG and get $2,500 in extra money to make Fight Night even better at BetUS.com. You can not only bet on each fight, but they have loads of awesome parlay bets to choose from to bet live during the fights. And your winnings are paid within hours. Start the fight at BetUS.com. Use the code SHERDOG. Uh, all right, everyone. Today I am here to talk about PFL number two for 2022. Uh, all, all the letters coming together. Uh, literally only uh, finished up here moments ago. So I'm uh, reacting immediately uh, to it. And uh, all in all, there was some highs, some lows in the car. But overall, I thought it was a, I thought it was a pretty good card, a pretty... Uh, entertaining card there were some good finishes some good knockouts some good talking points you know one or two not great fights to come in of it not a great fight I'll get to that in a second uh, but overall I, I enjoyed the card and um, a couple of comments because last week we kind of in the preview for, for next week's card we, we talked about a, a few of the uh, the the uh, issues maybe that PFL had last week or production and stuff, but they really cleaned them up and sorted them out. I I think for for this week there was no um uh, the the uh, the YouTube stream that I was watching here on Channel Four and I believe the one in America was perfect. The uh, you know when it came on Channel Four here to watch it, it was absolutely perfect as well. You know. And, you know, it seems like week one jitters for the new season were, were kind of over by week two. So that was uh, absolutely great. Um, and overall, like, I like the, the the production from PFL. I like the way they do things. I like the way they try to keep it a little bit different. You know, if you listen to anything of mine, you probably know I'm not the biggest fan of stats when it comes to mixed martial arts. But I actually don't mind the way they do it too much just because it's a little bit different. And I'll almost ask for anything different in mixed martial arts these days, even if I don't like it. Because it's it's so samey and it's so, uh, you know... It's like the, just uh, one guard after the other, after the other, after the other. And if you have something a little bit different... A little bit of a talk of mind even. It's not a bad thing, and I like that. Joe also like, and I, I say this here at 4.21 a.m., uh, I like the fact that their fights aren't five rounds in the main event and other fights as well. We have too many five-round fights. Now, I have an extremely biased view on this, considering it is 4.21 a.m., and I'm here in Ireland, so maybe my, uh, my American friends listening in mightn't agree, but I... I look. I think there are definitely a benefit to five rounds. And look, if you want a five round fight, you have. Let's say coming up next week, we have Chandler versus uh, Ferguson. If there's enough people thinking that should be a five round fight, I might be even be one of them. Absolutely, let's do it. But does you know Vera versus Font need to be five rounds? Like, does the Capilouza fight tonight need to be five rounds? I know it didn't go that, but you know, do do somebody? I know Bellator just recently switched to five round main events. I think we need to pick and choose a little bit better. And, you know, maybe if the fighters start campaigning and stuff, we can, you know, you don't have to hold back an awful lot. You can do it. Maybe every fighter will campaign then. But I um, I actually think it's maybe a sign of progression that we've showed in the last few years that mightn't actually be a good progression. <laughs> you know, there are some fights that absolutely warrant five rounds, no matter where they are in the card, like Yuani and Jacek, Yuani and Jacek and, and Zhang Weili, um, and others like that. But, uh, and there's other fights then that, that don't warrant it and get it. So I think that's something PFL do very well. Just, you know, they, they, they keep it in the regular season 
with uh, you know three rounds thrown, and I love that. I think it's very very good. Um, you know, obviously the Noel was and stuff as well is one thing I don't think we mentioned last week, but it's an understandable rule. I, I don't necessarily like it that much because it's not like your regular normal MMA. And we used to talk about that as well with, you know, uh, Demetrius Johnson going over into the soccer kicks and everything like that. It changes the sport a lot in lots of different ways. And it definitely does change some of these fights that you can throw elbows. But look, the, the fact that they'll be fighting again in a few weeks you almost you can't do it because cuts don't recover that quickly. So um, all in all, I think good from PFL for uh, the second week. The first week as well was was pretty good, and uh, yeah, no 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 complaints for me anyway. I thought the commentary was good as well. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of of the three guys they have there now. Like I think Randy and Kenny have both improved a lot over the years. You know they got a lot of criticism when they were back uh, in the UFC. I think Kenny, especially not just because I was on his podcast this week. I've said this previously as well. I think he's a guy who I I may not have been the biggest fan of him years ago. But I am now. I think he's a very, very good commentator and he does a good job uh, in PFL and, and Sean O'Connell as well. Apart from the apart from their uh, their wacky algorithm thing with the scoring, which he seems to love, I think he's brilliant too. And uh, you know, I'd love to see him maybe in the UFC in the future or other, you know, keep doing the PFL and do some UFC as well. I think he's fantastic at it. Obviously being an ex fighter as well, I'm sure that helps in different ways. So a great uh, a, a great commentary. I love their ring announcers. I love she came over from the uh, the WWE, and I think she's very, very good. And if you know, the one thing, Brad Akamoto, I like some of the stuff he does backstage. I don't like it during the fight, and this is not just a PFL thing. This is a UFC thing as well. Even when they come to corners during the fight, I just, I just don't think it makes sense a lot of time. Now you're coming to a journalist backstage during the fight. I think that really doesn't make any sense. So I, yeah, I don't. That would, was one part I, w- I wouldn't like. But uh, other than that, yeah, very good. They did a Kayla Harrison preview as well, kind of a, a clip, like maybe a minute or two. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And I'll talk more about that on my preview for uh, for next week. So let's get into uh, some of the results. Um, the undercard was. Uh, you know, it started off the card with four decisions in a row. Uh, Alejandro Flores beat Saba uh, Balaji uh, in the in the opener. Flores was just a little bit too quick on the outside. He stopped the takedowns all evening. Um, hurt him with about ninety seconds left in the third, and I think that kind of secured the win if if he needed it securing. So a good performance uh, from from Flores there, and he won the uh, the unanimous decision. As did Shaman Morais, who beats uh, Boston Salmon. Uh, Salmon landed a good hard early shot, um, and it was relatively even on the feet. But the real story of this fight was the clinch and the takedowns of Morais and how he won it there, and he landed shots from there as well. And uh, he ended up taking the unanimous decision as well. You know, not two mighty fights to start it off. Either was the third fight where um, uh, Clinton Abreu ended up winning the unanimous decision. It was very emotional afterwards. Again, lots of takedowns, lots of grappling here. Um, but a good dominant win. And I think he ended up winning all three rounds in, in the judges' scorecards. Um, the best fight of the early goings to me of, of the four was the Bubba Jenkins-Kyle uh, Boschner fight. You know... Uh, Jenkins looked money early. He really did. That step in right hook to straight left was very, very good. That shot was landing constantly uh, throughout the early goings of the fight. Got a nice takedown and a suplex as well in round one. Round two, a little bit closer without a shadow of a doubt. Um, I still thought Jenkins was doing enough. Uh, Boschniak then was winning the third. Um, 
uh, Jenkins landed a takedown, but uh, or sorry, um, uh, the, the fight was taken down to the ground here, but Jenkins got a big, uh, a big kind of, kind of welt in his eye or whatever you want to call it, his eye closed up. It looked like from a shot from Boschnack was hard to see, but when they got back up, uh, Jenkins did get to take down. When Kyle got back up, he did well in the last two minutes as well. And I thought secured that round. 29-28, I think, to Jenkins uh, was the right card, and that's what he got unanimously across the board there. Um, the heavyweights then, obviously, you know, the, the, the first two fights, the Maurice and Garcia and the Jenkins fight were in the featherweight division. The Abreu fight was in the heavyweight division as well. And then Ante Deja got the uh, KO in the second round against the Matthias Scheffel. Um, you know, <laughs> Deja, lots of takedowns in the first round. And I was I was talking about it last week in the preview. And sometimes you see this like Croatian kickboxer. And I, I kind of have to remind myself, yes, he is a takedown artist as well. And I think I reminded everyone as well last week in the preview. And he did a lot of that. Um, got a jab and a knockdown as well in that round. Um Round two, then the right hand knockdown. The referee, I thought it was a little bit early, but then they looked at Sheffield and he looked very, very hurt, so you can't complain about it too much. I think the way he went down on both of those knockdowns was very kind of odd. I don't know. Was it a function of kind of maybe he doesn't do as much um, sparring and stuff as other people? I don't know. Or maybe he's just trying to move his head and the fact he's moving his head at the same time as he gets hit, he just goes down in a very kind of odd fashion. The... The, the knockout, I suppose, was an even odder one because he got hit in the nose and it kind of shocked him back and he, like, kind of, like, I don't know what you would call it, like, flopped backwards and he kind of got straight back up but the referee was already in stopping it by the time he kind of got back up but as I said, they showed him afterwards, which... I'm not the biggest fan of because you're not stopping it afterwards. You're stopping it when you're stopping it, you know. But he did look bad afterwards, so I can't complain too much. But, you know, a nice uh, a nice win for Deja. I think, look, I think he was going on and I think he was going to win the fight anyway. But that's that's no excuse. Like, I, I do think it was a little bit of an early stoppage. But when you go down the way that, um, you know, that, that he went down, or that Sheffield went down on both of those knockdowns, Especially after the first one, you looked hard and it was a jab. I think the fact that he threw the jab and then he kind of went backwards and he threw the right hand. The fact that he missed the right hand but still fell down was actually like, it looked like a really bad knockdown, but it actually wasn't that bad because he didn't land the second shot. And then he immediately recovered. It was one of those ones like, well, how has this guy recovered so quickly? And then the second one was, it was a similar one. He got hit in the nose, as I said, went flopping down. And the referee, look, the referee thought he was hurt the first time. If he's hurt again the second time, he saved the fighter, and you can't complain too much about that. Let's let's talk about fighter safety, and he got, he got the, the fighter out of there safely anyway. Um, one guy who didn't get out of there safely was Cody uh, Goodale, who went in there with Dennis Gostelov and got got Dennis Gostelov. Takedown, ground and pound, easy. That was basically it. Uh, Gostelov does what he does. We talked about him last week. What is it, a two-time semi-finalist? Uh, he's one of the, the best guys here in this division, and you know, I'll talk about the heavyweight division again in a second, but Gostlov, I think, kind of kicked it off uh, here with the, you know, himself and Deja, there or thereabouts every year, it seems like, in the PFL now with uh, Capaloza and a few others as well. And it's uh, it's a very exciting heavyweight division there. I'll get into more of that in a second, but let me just tell you, UFC Fight Night, Font versus Vera is more fun when you bet at betus.com. Use the code SHARDOG and get an incredible 125% bonus up to $2,500. Font at the moment is a clear favorite, so get in now or even choose to bet by TKO to increase your winnings. At betus.com, you can make the fights even more fun by betting throughout the fights. Start DeFi 
website at betus.com. Use that code SHERDOG. Um, the next heavyweight fight then after Gostolov and Deja was uh, Hinin Fahea, who went in there in 25 seconds and just took out Jamel Jones. Like, I was watching this as, as, they, were, uh, as they were both walking out, and you're thinking to yourself, these guys are absolute behemoths. As I try to fix my hair in here beautifully. Just two big, strong, muscular, I don't know, 250, 260 pound animals coming out there. And I was like, oh, God almighty, someone's getting, someone's getting hurt there. And someone's getting hurt quick. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, Fahea came out and he threw that front kick right up through the middle. The big, long Steven Seagal uh, front kick uh, missed it. But... His opponent then didn't think he was going to throw it again. And Jones kind of stepped inside a little. Maybe he was thinking there was an uppercut coming or, or you know, a right hand or a jab or something. Stepped down. And as he did, he threw the front kick again. So doubling up on that front kick is something very unusual. You don't... I don't know if I've ever seen that in MMA before. I'm sure I have, but I haven't seen it this successful. Uh, and as he threw the front kick, the knee landed, or the shin even landed on the way up. And uh, I think as Grabaka Hitman pointed out over on Twitter... Uh, it it wasn't a kick knockout. It, this was a, absolutely a ground and pound finish because he landed loads of shots on the ground and ended up getting the finish there with a beautiful, beautiful knockout. And like lots of, there's lots of prospective fights we could be talking about here. You know, we'll, obviously we we'll talk about the main event, the heavyweights in a second. But you know, Deja versus Gostolov, Gostolov versus Fahey. How's that going to go? Deja versus Fahey. You know. There's combinations of fights we've seen before. Abreu, where's he going to go? I think him versus Gostolov would be interesting after the board uh, of the ways they fought. So it'd be very, very interesting to uh, to see how these go and these uh, guys go and see how they match them up. But I'm excited by this heavyweight division. And we'll, we'll talk about it more, obviously, after when I get to the main event. Um, we'll skip the Bryn Lockdown fight for a second. I'll come back to that. Let's talk about Chris Wade versus Lance Palmer. This was probably the most disappointing fight of the night uh, in terms of excitement and anything like that. Um, Wade got poked, uh, or Wade, sorry, Wade poked Palmer very early in the fight. And do you know what? I actually think that changed the fight a little bit. Um, Palmer wasn't himself after that. It was, a, it was a close first round where Palmer was throwing the big shots. And I think, you know, Sean O'Connell kind of made the mistake of saying, oh, um, he is... He is landing the more effective shots. I think he was throwing the prospectively more effective shots. I don't necessarily think he was landing them, but Wade was landing. Um, he was also landing some nice body kicks. That kind of front or side kick, not front kick, side kick to the body was nice. Palmer did land a couple of nice left hands in rounds one and rounds two, but I just didn't think it was enough, especially round two. Wade landed more, landed a couple of nice jabs. Uh, Palmer... Only win for a takedown in the third, got it, but Wade got right back up. Um, and Wade, you know, Wade, I think, was well ahead in round three. Lance landed a nice late left hand again to make it a little bit closer, but I didn't think it was enough. Uh, Wade ended up winning the unanimous decision. I had him winning every round, uh, I think he did win every round, to be honest. And it was, uh, it was. It, <laughs> It was as easy a fight against Lance Palmer as you're going to get. You know, I I wonder, it's, it's funny, it, it feels like PFL and World Series of Fighting before it hasn't been around for, for that long. But it feels like uh, Lance Palmer's almost given his whole career and now he's maybe out the other side of his prime after it in that one organization. And it's mad 
to think that you know it seems like oh it only started up yesterday but it feels like that is the, the that is the situation with him now uh, here and I may you know maybe I'm wrong maybe I'm reading into it too much maybe I'm overreacting a little bit but I didn't think his performance was great 34 years of age now 28 fights into his career you know making his debut back in 2011 and obviously coming into World Series of Fighting in 2013 and being you know there slash the PFL uh, ever since it has been it's been a long long career for him when you look at it in that way uh, and he fought some good guys and he's won most of them but now he's lost three in a row to uh, Bubba Jenkins uh, Kabibulov and now Chris Wade in the last two years so uh, it's a it's a big big next fight here I think for Lance Palmer to see where he goes and see what the situation is for him maybe it's time to move on for the PFL and try something else or maybe it's time to step away from it uh, you know while you still have everything intact he obviously he's had a great career he's a lot of money in the bank as well won two championships but you know I'm not con for Lance Palmer's retirement or anything but he just he does look like to me like a guy who's Mississippi now let me say this as well it was a bad matchup I think Wade is a good wrestler he's a good striker he's long and tall he's very big and when someone like a little bit smaller like Palmer is in there he can uh, struggle in those matchups so you know not to write off Lance Palmer or anything but I would love a guy who's kind of achieved it all in the PFL and World Series of Fighting to either move on and try somewhere else if he wants to do that or sail off into the sunset with his two million quid uh, in his back pocket. Um, I think it might be time. I think it might be time. But look, let's see. He could come in and he could fight maybe Brendan Lachlan and finish him in the next fight or something. And we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, speaking of Brendan Lachlan, he had probably the most controversial fight, I suppose, of the night. It ended again. April is the May. Uh, the, April is the May. April is the month of uh, no contest technical decisions. Um... This fight went exactly three minutes. I'm just looking here on Shirtdog.com of the third round. Uh, there was a bad cut on uh, Kudo's head after he kind of came in for a takedown. Um, Lachnan was was bending down. It was a completely accidental. You couldn't, in a million miles, argue that this was uh, a headbutt or anything like this. It was a clash of heads. Neither guy with even an ounce of responsibility for this one. Although some people out there will tell you it should have been disqualification, I bet. But lots of people tell you lots of things. It doesn't mean they're right. Uh, but yeah, the fighting didn't dare anyway. And do you know what? I think Brendan Lachnan might count himself a little bit lucky here because the fight started uh, and Kudo had the better of it. You know, he landed a hard knockdown in the first round. Uh, Lachnan, you know, his manager, Melky Kawa, tweeted afterwards that he took in a serious injury and he looked like he had a bad injury. He looked like, I don't know, was it his left knee maybe? Because he kind of was stepping on it. After he kind of got pushed back at one stage, he stepped down, he almost fell backwards. It just looked like he wasn't great in that knee at all. Now maybe, you know, he had two knee straps on as well, so maybe that was uh, to kind of steer us away from here. It could have been an ankle, it could have been a hamstring or something like that, but it definitely, to me it looked like his left leg. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe it was the right leg going to the left leg, but um, he looked unsteady on it and he got caught. Now, I watched Kudo coming into this for the preview last week, and I said that I thought this would be a close fight. He's a good fighter. It's, you know, Lachnan injured, okay, maybe led, made it a little bit closer. Maybe Lachnan would have blown him away if he didn't. Um, well, Kudo's a good fighter, and give you know, give him his kudos to, to steal a, a joke from uh, from Andy Couture. He made this fight a close fight, and he did a, did a great job. And, you know, 
if it's you know I saw someone saying if this is pride rules he wins and he does you know he, he absolutely does knock him down hard in the first the second was very close I thought Kuda was winning early Lachlan came really really back into it though one probably three and a half minutes of that round and um there was a very interesting exchange the last seconds of the round where both guys landed and it was hard, very hard to see live. I went back and I watched it and Brendan landed. It was kind of a, I think it was a jab. I, I, it was hard to see from the angle of what it was, but he landed a shot anyway and uh, Kuda fell down. And it it was kind of, it was a knockdown. You'd have to call it a knockdown. So if there's a judge behind that, a judge looking straight at that, that's one of those ones with... Uh, that being in the arena, you would actually see it easier than see it on TV because of the angle, if you get me. And I think that was maybe the shot that had uh, the the judges swaying towards Lachlan in that second, even though I do think he was slightly ahead anyway. But when something like that, a big uh, moment in the fight happens like that late, and it seems like Lachlan got the better of it, that is going to sway a judge to, to definitely give it to Lachlan. Now, you know, I'm not saying, oh, a late takedown sways the judges. A late knockdown absolutely should sway the judges, you know, if it's uh, if it's a close round, which I think the second round absolutely was. Now, the third round started, Lachnan was getting takedown after takedown, uh, pushing him against the fence, landing some good shots, not anything massive, but then the fight ends, you know, and uh, the clash of heads, as I mentioned earlier, happens, goes to a technical decision, Kudo won the first... Lachnan won the third. I think everyone probably agree with that. And the second was the close one. Lachnan ended up getting an all three judges' cards. That's how I had it too. I tweeted out. You can look at my tweets before they even uh, announced it. And I think they got it right. But it was one of those ones that it, it didn't feel right, if you get me. Like maybe if Lachnan had gone on and taken him down and landed some very hard shots in the ground and won the third comprehensively, we would have said, oh, look, good stuff from Lachnan. He came back, won a close second, and dominated third. What a comeback. But it just felt like the end of the fight was taken away a little bit from everyone. But um, look, kudos to Lachlan anyway. We should say that because he got knocked down hard. A lot of lads would have fallen and been gone there, you know, with an injury coming in and everything. Uh, but he didn't. And he kept going and fair play to him. Uh, go back to him and I'll mention him again. He uh, suggested a rematch later on down the line. I like that idea. I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Let's get the rematch going, PFL. Let's, let's do that. Um, and in the main event then... Uh, let's uh, let's mention Bruno Capilosa because this guy, this guy's one of the best heavyweights in the world. I fully believe that uh, he went in there and he he beat Stuart Dawson, who to be honest actually did a lot better than I thought. He was throwing some good shots. He was pretty good defensively early, but you're fighting a guy here with with unbelievable power with good takedowns as we saw here as well, uh, and with a ground and pound that is is going to finish many a man. Um, look, there isn't too much to say about it other than he made it look easy again I think it was 4 minutes 24 seconds or something like that Austin put up a good battle he tried hard he threw his shots looking for a few submissions even when the fight went to the ground like you know he got Tom Aspinall in one wasn't uh, able to get one unfortunately for him and Capelos ended up uh, getting the finish uh, late as I said in the first round uh, I feel like this is the one for Capilosa. Like it's a good starter, a good kind of warm up fight for him. We will talk more about him down the line, and there are certainly guys who we can talk about him fighting. Whether it's Fahez, I think everyone is talking about that fight after tonight, or whether it's Gastelov and Dejar, one of the lads he's already met, or you know Abreu is obviously there as well. Uh, so some very interesting fights in that heavyweight division. 
And also in the featherweight division, you know, could it be Lachnan against Palmer next? Or maybe the rematch? Who's Wade going to fight? Could he fight Kudo? That's a fight I'd actually really like to see. I think that'd be a fun fight. But there's so many fun fights there uh, from PFL over the next while. I'm looking forward to seeing And You know, if you didn't see this card... You could check out most of the fights. I think they were uh, very good. Maybe skip the comment event in a couple of the early ones. But other than that, it was a pretty good card uh, all around for me. Um, all right. I will leave it there. Before I go, I must just ask you, who are you betting on this weekend? The UFC Fight Night Font versus Vera. Can Vera beat the odds and defeat Font? Or is Font winning via TKO a given? Get your bets on this weekend at BetUS.com. Use the code SHARDOG and get a 125% bonus. BetUS.com has been taking bets for well over 25 years. And there's a reason. It's the number one UFC sportsbook. With more betting options, live betting at games, BetUS.com is your new home for UFC betting. Start the fight at betus.com and use the code SHARDOG. All right, everybody. My name is Sean Sheehan for SHARDOG.com and I'll see you all next time.